He was named Johnny Rebel, not so much for love of the defeated Confederacy, but for love of the history of that war. The name was shortened to Reb, and in his later years, he was referred to as Old Reb. The name fit. Pheasant hunting dog by pedigree, he would lack in his lifetime the formal training suited a dog of his learned lineage. Chosen as the pick of the litter for his markings, he was shunned by all would-be suitors for his size. He was not the runt of the litter, but instead too big-boned. He lacked the delicate features in stature of the more qualified dogs of his breed, and therefore was left until he was just he and his parents. Perhaps that is why he was chosen. Maybe it was because in his eyes there was seen something special. Maybe it was because this new young man in his life understood what it meant to be overlooked for reasons which, in his mind, pertained to the irrelevant. Nonetheless, they were matched and thus began the auspicious beginnings of a friendship that would last until it was all used up. The young man knew little of pheasant hunting and the dog even less. Fortunately for this story, the ignorance of youth prevailed and the two stumbled their way into the sport of upland game hunting. Neither the dog nor the young man could fathom the enormity and dedication of training a bird dog. Neither had the patience or tenacity to follow through with what was required to properly educate a canine in the art of flushing and retrieving those Chinese imports. So with glad hearts and foolish dreams, the two set off to learn the techniques the old-fashioned way, trial and error. As you can imagine, there were many failures and frustrations. The dog and young man often failed to communicate, and if happened chance, they should connect and succeed in bagging a rooster. Luck played more of a role than skill. But what they lacked in dedication of formal preparation, expounded in love for the field. Neither young man nor dog hesitated at any opportunity to rough up some CRP. They may not have limited out on any occasion, but they scared the hell out of many a bird. As any has-been greenhorn would tell you, given enough time, you are no longer a greenhorn but graduate to novice. So over time, they both learned, and more often than not, the two companions would bag a bird or two. But there is more to this story than just a young man and his dog chasing about the amber fields of grain. No, this story too includes the cold mountain waters of the Colorado Rockies, those waters that pour forth from the earth and rush out upon the boulders and fresh and pure as the day it was created. For you see, the young man was also a fisherman. Yes, it's true. Not only did he have the unquenchable thirst for the field, but he also lusted after those high places filled with wild trout. He was damned, for none suffer worse than a hunter and fisherman. Their desires are deep in their heart, never sated, only appeased. There is never enough season, never do they claim that this was the one, because the big one is still always out there, waiting on them to find. There is always a next year, or just one more ridge. So the dog became a fisherman too. In this he not only lacked a formal education, but also the genetic inclination. But that has yet to stop anyone who with rod and reel in hand has kissed about hoping to catch the big one. For what the dog lacked in ability, he provided in zeal. He happily followed his fearless mate up the side of one mountain and down the other searching for those elusive trout. He, like the young man, preferred fishing for the sleek salmonids. Each loved trout fishing not because of the trout, but because of where the trout lived. Bass were bigger, wiper stronger, but trout lived in the wild places. Up there they could be free from the confines of life, breathe air that was made new by the pine trees. Here they felt like they could touch the heavens, shake the hand of God himself, and if not that, at least eat lunch with him. They were free. 
For a brief moment in time, neither was confined to walls or affairs. Here they lived on their terms, relied only on themselves for survival. They asked for no help, and none was offered. Enter Father Time. We try to ignore him, but he catches us nonetheless. Time changed their relationship. The young man grew up and chased dreams he had dreamt. Where he had to go, Reb could not. It was a trail only wide enough for one. With a heavy heart, he left his buddy in the care of others and set out on the path of life. Though the young man would hunt and fish on that path, he did so knowing that he had left behind one who loved it as much as he. And as the years slipped away, Reb waited. The dog yearned for the wild places and for the flutter of wings. He waited for the day he could once again return to his passions. Not all dogs dream of the high country or days in the field. Most are content to laze the day away, a bowl full of kibbles and bits or lust. But not Reb. He had passion for the hunt like a poet for prose. His soul ached to be free like a prisoner on death row. But now he was called Old Reb, and it wasn't without reason. His ears faintly heard his name, his bones ached, and he no longer had the energy to climb mountains. But still he waited. As the years passed, the young man too grew older. He had grasped at his dreams. Some he found, others fluttered by. But as we all eventually do, he settled down. He had realized that not all his dreams were attainable, and even more importantly, that it was okay that way. Throughout the years, life had taught him what was important to him. Love, family, self-respect, and contentment were his, and therefore he had achieved his dreams without even knowing it. He had been away from the field and high places too long, and with renewed vigor sought them out with a vengeance. But missing was his hunting companion of his youth. A phone call and 700 miles later, old Reb was reunited with his partner. Both knew there weren't many seasons left. Time had caught up with old Reb as a must with us all. Now he needed to be lifted into and out of the truck. He could only hunt for a short time before he would tire and need to rest. After a day in the field, he would sleep and complain for two. Each time, his heart outwilled his body. Through all his suffering, old Reb was happy. He was long into his golden years, and he was still out there doing what he loved. We should all be that lucky. But this story doesn't end on a trip that involves Mossberg shotguns or fiberglass Shakespeare rods. No, that, that would be too romantic. The story's about real life. The story ends in another place, a place wrought with smell and fear. Both man and dog trembling, they made one last trip together. This time the man carried a rib for he no longer had the strength to carry himself. The man wished he could have done it, taken him to a hollow spot and said goodbye, but he lacked the nerve. The man felt that a good friend would not have done it this way, not like this. He felt a good friend would not have left his buddy waiting for so long, but he had. So a stranger with a needle did it. A stranger sent him to a peaceful rest where he no longer hurt. His ears were good again, his body defined and strong. As old Red began to walk off into the big CRP in the sky, he heard his name. The man was calling him, telling him something. He stopped, looked back, and listened. Hey there, old Red buddy. I'll be seeing you in the high country. Old Reb waited until he knew the man was not coming, that this was his trip alone. With that dawning realization, he turned, began to trot, and disappeared into the tall grass. In this terrestrial life, it was all used up. But the man knew the dog would wait at the head of the trail for him like he had waited before, for he knew that someday the man would join him there, and together they would begin the last big hunt. <laughs>